excited about that. And I send greetings from Sunrise, but usually I come and I say I send greetings and that's about all you get from us. Uh, This time we wanted to do something a little extra, so I brought a message. It was actually kind of cool. I get to be a part of what uh, God has done uh, all throughout history, you know, you read uh, the letters from uh, like Paul and he would send greeting on behalf of people. And so uh, this time I get to kind of be the guy delivering the message to you this way. So we have a video for you from Sunrise that we'll show right now. Good morning. Good morning, Imago. Man, it is awesome just to be part of this service here today, this Sunday morning. I mean, it's just a beautiful day, a little warm, but it's great. Hey, uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Aaron Martinez. I serve the body of believers there at Sunrise Community Church. And uh, hey, I tell you, we are just excited about being part of this church here, part of this service here today. We just want to take a moment out just to send some blessings to you guys and let you guys know that we love you guys. Stay encouraged, right? We're all in the same fight. We're all in one mind. Our main objective is just to be uh, be a light in this dark world, amen? That's what we want to do. We want to bring, show people the, the love of Christ. And um, I know you guys are doing that, and we're doing that. So, um, hey, just want to encourage you guys, bless you guys. And, oh, hey, right now as I speak, what's happening is Pastor Carlos is actually ministering at our church, and we're so excited for that. And you guys have a great, great uh, gift as well. You guys have Greg our number one child from Sunrise there. Uh, he's going to be ministering to you guys, and I know he's going to bring a good word. So bless you guys. Talk at you later. Hey, Imago Church. Pastor Russ Siders from Sunrise Community Church here, and I just want to send my greetings. I uh, pray that all is well and that you are going forward in the race of ministry in Visalia as a church. I'm so grateful for Pastor Carlos and for his presence at Sunrise today as I'm gone. And I just want to uh, let you know of something that I've had in mind. This is a baton that I received some years ago when Sunrise Community Church was a newer church. And the instructions we were given uh, were to take this baton and to pass it on to our daughter church at some point along the way. And we've been running this race now and it seems to me like we're getting to that point where we wanna do that. Uh, In a race where the baton is passed, that transition is really crucial. You can't let go too soon. You have to make sure the other side grabs onto it. And so this is our prayer right now in this whole time, this whole season for Sunrise and for Imago. We're passing the baton to you. We want you to grab on and run hard. And we wanna encourage you to run the race well. And we're praying for you in that, but we're not letting go. Okay, we're not gonna drop the baton in this process. We want you to know we're here, we're praying for you, and we wanna encourage you along the way. So please take that to heart and let's run together in this time. God bless. Well, I just wanted to share that blessing with you guys. And as we get started today, let's go to uh, prayer and uh, then we'll open God's word. 
God, we thank you so much for what you're doing here at Imago. God, we thank you for how you're transforming lives and building this community. God, I just pray that you continue to do your good work in each one of our lives. God, I pray right now that you would do the impossible and allow us to stay focused on something for more than five minutes and allow us to be uh, hearing your word and that it would resonate in our lives and uh, really transform who we are as people. God, I thank you that you are alive and well and that you're doing good things, God. So help us to join in your good work. In your name we pray, God. Amen. Well, a few years ago, I got to go to a conference. And in that conference, it was all about how you share your faith organically. And I think some of your leaders actually went to that as well. And uh, you were kind of had a bunch of different speakers. And it's one of those things. When you go to a conference, any kind of conference, you go and you get really excited really fast, right? And there's so much information getting thrown at you. And you're just like, go home and you're so excited. And uh, one of the speakers said this statement. And really, I just kind of grabbed onto it. And he said, Jesus' last words should be our first priority. Jesus' last words should be our first priority. So the question, obviously, is what was Jesus' last words? Well, let's real fast turn to Matthew uh, chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, to see uh, what Jesus' last words were. And this is uh, Jesus' last words in the sense of before he ascended into heaven. And it says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so those are the commands, right? That's the command. Go and make disciples. And so I went home and I was really excited about it, so excited that I made a sign that had those words on it. Uh, You know, Jesus' last words should be our first priority. And I was very excited, hung it up in the room. And then I was left with a big problem. How do you do that? Like the how, right? So I just stood there and just kind of stared at it. And I was like, how do we do this thing? And, and obviously the speakers all had great information on what they thought you should do. But, you know, with each one, there was a problem. Each one, it was like, we're too small. We don't have enough money. Uh, we don't have the right people to do those things, right? And so you struggle with, like, how do we make disciples? And, you know, if you look at you know, big churches, sometimes you'll start to assume, well, what we need to do is we need to grow the numbers. We need to keep getting more and more people packed into our church so that we can run more programs and then we can get more information to people's minds and, and, and we just got to keep pumping. And Pastor Carlos, he needs to stop trying to meet with all of you guys and he needs to start writing books so that we can start reading his books and, you know, and then we can do all that stuff. And, and we start to think that's what success looks like. That's what it needs to look like in order for us to be doing what we're called to do. And I'm not trying to say the information is bad, not whatsoever. I'm currently uh, in seminary, paying a lot of money to get a lot of information crammed into my brain. And so I'm not at all saying information is not bad. No, quite the opposite. We're, we are told constantly to, to keep God's word in our mind, to be, to be dwelling on his word, to be growing in our information. So that is good. But I, I want to be clear information, knowledge is one aspect of discipleship, it's not everything. It's a very important aspect of discipleship, but it needs to come alongside with something else. And so as we look at how Jesus walked in his life, we see that he constantly shared wisdom. He constantly would be with the disciples and he would share wisdom. He would share stories. He'd share information. But there's something happening all through the Gospels that you don't necessarily read right away, but if you're paying attention, you'll notice. 
And that is where Jesus is in the story. See, he's not someone who just shows up suddenly and then would just give information to his disciples and then vanishes. No, he was with the disciples constantly side by side with them. He was constantly living life with them. He was going through the same struggles. He knew uh, what, what, you know, triggered them. He knew what, what was their struggle. He knew where they were great at things and when they would uh, probably fall. We see that all through the Gospels. And even when he went into the towns, he didn't breeze in real fast, drop some knowledge, and then bounce out. He stayed. He got to know the town. He, he healed people. He cared for the community. He stayed there. And so as we look at what Jesus was doing is he was sharing life with those people around him. What we need to remember is as we look at the Great Commission, which is kind of that first thing that we're called, or the last thing that he said, as we're called to go and share his good news, we need to hold that intention with some of the other things he said, like the other commandment that he had shared with us that we read in John 13, 34 and 35. It says, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must, uh, uh, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So we're called to make disciples. And as we're making disciples, one of the first things that we're supposed to teach each other is how to be a loving community, how to care for one another, how to be there for one another. The first lesson is this is what a trustworthy community looks like, where we can have a safe place to grow and be welcomed. What's amazing is what Jesus is doing. He's trying to help people understand that this community, this community needs to be an authentic community. One that cares for one another. One who's real with one another. Because authenticity and transforming go hand in hand. See, when we're authentic in our relationships, it will naturally start to transform our lives. When we're authentic in our relationship with God... The Holy Spirit starts to work in our lives and transform us to understand the new reality, that we are new creations. The big word there is sanctification. It's this idea that we are starting to understand and live into the reality that God has made us a new creation. And Paul talks about that in uh, 1 Corinthians 5.17 when he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. You are no longer who you were. We get to live in a new way. And so as we think of ourselves as that relationship with God, that authentic relationship starts to transform our lives, we should also understand that when it comes to community. When we have authentic community with one another, that community will lead to transforming one another. It will transform our lives. So the big question is what does that look like? Like, yeah, it's, that's great to, to say, and I, I'll, I'll thumbs up it, but like, really, like, how does, how does that really work? Well, Paul is going to talk to us a bit about that. Uh, he's going to be, uh, we're going to be reading from Romans 12, uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 16. That's our primary text today. Um, and we are going to be looking at this because Paul is writing to a church, a people group of two communities who did not get along, the Romans and the Jews. And he's trying to help them to start to learn how do you coexist? How do you not only just coexist and like stand each other, but how do you thrive? 
How does this community truly become a new thing that will actually lead each other to Christ? And so that's what he's going to do. He's going to be giving instructions on how to live in this new way. And I think that is very relevant for us today as uh, we as a society sometimes get to be very polarized on a lot of aspects. And Christ calls us to be under him. And that's what unites us. And so this is what God's word says in Romans 12 verses 3 through 16. It says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us have one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophecy, then prophesy according with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is uh, to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is to give, or if it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep the spiritual uh, fervor uh, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of lower position. Do not be conceited. So we're going to break this whole section down uh, bit by bit. So we're going to go right to, to verse 3, and we're going to look at how, we, how do we do this? How do we build this authentic, transforming community? And so it says in verse 3, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each one of you. What I love about this is what Paul is saying is from the very beginning, from the very beginning of what it's going to take to be a community, to be a people group that grows together, it starts with humility. It starts with humility. It starts with us looking at each other and realizing that we all equally need Jesus. You ever had that term when someone's just like you're talking to someone, maybe talking about someone else, and someone says, that person needs Jesus? Yeah? The truth is, is yeah, they do, and so do you, and so do me, right? We all equally need Jesus. It's not like one person dramatically needs Jesus, but I'm okay. No, we all equally need Jesus. And that's the beautiful thing when it comes to the cross is that we find equality at the foot of it. It means that we find each other's camaraderie, that, that brother and sisterhood that we have with one another at the foot of the cross, at the fact that we all equally need Jesus. And so that's where we can look at each other and we say, you need Jesus, I need Jesus, we all need Jesus. Let's, let's understand that he loves us equally and he's doing good things amongst us. And the amazing thing is, as Christians, this is our call, like our thing, our, our whole aspect of being a Christian is fully admitting we can't do it. 
right? We need Jesus. We, we can't do life on our own. In fact, that was my whole coming to Jesus moment as I had got to a point where, where uh, I had realized at the age of 19 that I had tried to make life happen my own way and it just wasn't happening. And finally I was like, you know what, God, if you want this life, you can have it. If you think you can do something with this life, go ahead and try. And then from that moment on, he's just been doing amazing things, not because of me, but because of him. And so as Christians, our boast, our bragging is not in anything that we do. It's in Christ alone. And, and Paul talks about that in Galatians 6, 14. And it's in only, I boast only in the cross, not in myself. But sometimes, if we're honest, sometimes we get that twisted. Sometimes we forget where the blessings come from. We get so used to God's goodness that we start to take it for granted and we start to think that it's us who are doing these good things, us who are making these good choices, us who are choosing to live certain ways, and we forget to give honor to God. And that's where we get some of those, uh, those moments where people look at the church and say, it's full of hypocrites. It's full of people who think they're better than everyone else when really the call, the first step of becoming a Christian is admitting we're not good enough. That we need a savior. And so we find equality at the cross. And what's amazing is Jesus chooses to still work with us, even when we are hard-hearted. The beautiful thing is that Jesus takes our need and works in amazing ways. So part of being an authentic community is understanding that our, uh, sorry, part of our authentic, part of being an authentic community is understanding our equal and honest need for Jesus. Let's go on to verse 4 and 5. For just as each of us, uh, Jesus, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to one another. Have you ever stubbed your pinky toe? Like slammed it? The, the most frustrating thing about a pinky toe is really it adds no value to your life, right? It's just there. I'm sure there's a foot doctor somewhere that would be like, no, it's a very important thing. It does this, this, this. I don't think so. I think we could all remove the pinky toes and be perfectly fine in most of our life. But when you slam the pinky toe into something, it doesn't say, you know, I know I'm hurt right now, but I don't matter. Just continue on with your life. Now, when you slam the pinky toe, right, your whole body reacts. You know, you're hopping, you're trying to grab it, you're, 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 or you're doing the whole walk, right, where you're trying to, maybe, you know, tears are coming out your, your eyes a little bit. Maybe uh, you say some words that can't be repeated in church. You know, no judgment. We all need Jesus. Uh, you know, we, we're... Whatever, like the whole body reacts, right? The whole, your, everything reacts. And I think that's exactly how the body of Christ reacts when someone amongst you is hurting. You might think of yourself, I'm no big deal. I'm not an important person here at Imago Church. I just kind of come and I just jump in and I don't do much. I'm no big deal. But you are actually a vital part of the church. Each person here holds a different position in the body. Each person has something to give one another. You are a blessing to someone else in this church. And I hope that you understand that. 
And when you hurt, the whole body hurts. When you are gone, the whole body hurts. And I, I think it's important for us to start to understand that we, each person, has a blessing to share with someone. And it could be just a smile to someone. It could be a greeting. It could be a silent prayer for someone that you see off to the side and you just say a prayer. You were supposed to be here to share that prayer for that person. Whatever that situation is, you are called to be here and be a blessing to someone else. And so the first part for us to understand what it means to be an authentic community is understanding that you matter to this community. You matter to God and to this body of believers. And the body of believers is worse off when you are gone. And I'm not trying to throw, like, you know, a guilt on anyone, like, oh, I was gone last week. He's talking about me. I wasn't here, so I don't know, right? <laughs> I'm simply saying that we try to make church a priority in our life to get here. To get here and understand, no, I, I have a part to play. I have a blessing to give someone. And that also starts to change your thinking as you come into church. You start to think, who am I supposed to bless today? Who am I supposed to share a moment with? How can I connect with someone here? How can I use that time that we're given to to connect with one another in a way that truly blesses someone? And it kind of opens your mind and your eyes a little bit more to start to become more of a part of the body. So part of being an authentic community is understanding that you matter to that community. Paul continues in saying, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophecy, then prophesy in accordance with, the faith, with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is uh, giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I want to recognize first... Who's doing all this? All these things that it just stated, what to do. It says, first, as the Spirit gives you these things. As the Spirit enables you. So it's not try hard and do these things. It's recognizing when the Spirit is leading in your life, when it is working in your life, to just jump in full force with it. As the Spirit does these things, as it enables it, as it strengthens you, as it calls you to do these things, then step into them and do them. So it's not you, it's God. But alongside of that, the question is, we are called to be sharing our gifts with one another. So what gifts do you have that you need to start sharing? Let me tell you that as you do that, God is going to pour into your life way more than you ever pour out. Now, the more that you pour yourself out to the church, to the body of believers, the more God is going to continue to to fill you up as long as you're doing it by him enabling you and not trying to muscle your way through it, if that makes sense. Sometimes we get stuck in like, I just got to be the one doing it. And the Spirit's telling you, you need to pull back. And we don't listen, and that's where we hit burnout. So we need to be jumping in and blessing each other. So the the thing that we need to understand is some of you here are called to be teachers. Some of you here are supposed to share an encouraging word with one another. And and you need to be liberated to be able to go to someone and just say, I want to bless you. I just have this word from God for you and just share scripture with one another. Uh, Some of you here are to be generous givers. 
And I want to take a minute with that because I think sometimes we hear that and we think, oh, I don't have that gift, so I'm not going to give, right? Like, oh, that's not me. Sorry, Holy Spirit didn't enable me. Uh, I'll check my bank account. Yep, didn't enable me, right? <laughs> uh, well, what that's talking about there is because we are all called to tithe. We're all called to give. That is part of how we worship God. And, uh, you know, as the Spirit uh, convicts you, uh, the, the number kind of normally is 10%. That's kind of biblically where we get that, not just like, oh, we did the math, and if everyone gave. No, it's biblically that's where that number comes from. But we're all called to give and submit to God with our finances. What it's talking about here is someone with this gift hears a need and finds ways to fill it. And that might be financially. Maybe they're, they're at a place where they can write the check. But it also could be just the thing where a family is in need, and they're the ones that help get them connected to a new job. Because a lot of times we need more connections and more wisdom, way more than we need more money. And so that's what a generous giver is. It's someone who finds someone in need and starts to connect them and, and get involved and feels that call to, to help that person and to find uh, new ways to, to, to get out of their situation. Some of you here are called to be leaders, to step up into leadership. Some of you guys have been in leadership for a while, and you need a break, right? And so some of you here who are newer to Imago need to be ready to step into those positions, to be diligent in that call. And so the question is, is that you? Maybe it's time to start praying about that, saying, God, are you calling me to be in that spot? If you are a leader, you, you have a great responsibility. Are you being diligent in that? Are you being faithful in that call? Are you getting tired and you need to be honest with yourself and saying, maybe it's time to take a break? Some of you here have this gift of mercy. And uh, maybe you're like me. See, when I hear someone who's hurting, who's in need, I instantly want to be the person who jumps into it and helps you fix it. I'm a fixer. Yeah? I, I hear a problem and I'm like, you need to do this. And I give information out. And uh, that gets me in trouble a lot. Yeah, yeah. You just ask my wife. She says, you're not, you're, sometimes you give information, you give, uh, you give uh, advice that people don't want to hear, right? Not just they don't want to hear, that you, they don't need from you. And I don't do it in a tactful way, right? I don't always do it in the most loving way. I, I, sometimes I'm just a little too blunt and I just say, you're wrong, right? You need to change this. The, the, this is what's wrong with you. <laughs> and the, the truth is, is they don't need my word. They need Jesus. See, some of us sometimes when we're fixers, we start to take the place of Jesus. We say, Jesus, don't worry about this person. I got it, right? And he says, no, you need to get out of my way. And so the best thing that we can do for one another is simply to hold one another up to Christ. To lift one another up to Jesus and say, Jesus, I really want to get involved here but I'm trusting you with this person. I'm going to place them in your lap. I'm going to pray for them. I want to stand with them. I'll be there for them. I care for them. But I'm trusting you to do your good work in their life. And man, if you're a fixer like me, that is sometimes the hardest and scariest thing that God could call you to do. But yet he calls us to do that. And do so for cheerfully. Do it cheerfully. So an authentic community is a place where God's gifts are shared freely within that community. Paul continues, verses 9 through 16, it says, Love must be sincere. 
Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor uh, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with those in lower positions do not be conceited. What Paul is saying is that what an authentic community looks like is one where love takes action. Where your love forces you to move and do something. It forces you to not just sit where you're at and, and move to, so that you can care for one another. I remember our call from Jesus, his command for us is to love one another as I have loved you, as Christ has loved us. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Love one another as Christ loves you. Paul is saying that, that love must be sincere, must be honest. Now, that's hard to love people around you sincerely, like you truly care for them. And part of, you guys, like part of it is some of you guys come from hard situations where the church has hurt you before where the church has turned its back on you. Maybe it's not a mago, maybe it is, maybe it's another church, but you come with hurt and you come with baggage sometimes and, and you, you don't know if you can trust God's people. And yet there it is, it's calling us to trust one another. So what do we do with that? Well, honestly, we have to be, again, humble with one another to admit we are not perfect people that we are still tainted a bit by sin, that we still have bad habits of living in sin. And so we are imperfect. We are going to mess up. We are going to hurt one another. We're going to disappoint one another. Those, that's part of being a family together is we're going to screw up. And yet we have grace for one another. We don't give up on one another. And yet sometimes the situation is so toxic that you do need to pull back and move to a different community. But you don't bring the toxicity of that situation to this new one. Instead, trust God to do a good thing where he's planted you. And so whatever the situation is, I want to say that this church, Imago Church, wants to be a church that truly is a community where God can transform you, that where people can be cared for, where people can know that God loves them, where we can be devoted to one another in love and honor, uh, to love each other above ourselves, where we can push one another towards Christ. That is uh, the deepest desire for each one of you to understand that Jesus loves you, that he died on the cross for you, that three days later he rose from the grave and conquered death so that it holds no dominion over our lives anymore, that it doesn't hold us anymore. Now we are allowed to live a new life because of what Jesus has done, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And whatever he has you, whatever context he has you, whether you're a, a, a janitor somewhere, whether you're picking up trash, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a big uh, CEO somewhere, wherever he has you, that you can start to live a new life for Jesus wherever he has you. We want to join you here at Imago, join you in your joy, stand with you in the hard times, pray with you, help you in your need to do life with you. 
Our goal is to bless one another, to rejoice with one another, to mourn with one another, to give grace of God, uh, by the grace of God, to live alongside one another in harmony. We do not separate based upon class or race, but we stand side by side, united, because God is equally at work in all of us. An authentic, transformative community is one that is constantly pushing one another towards Christ. There's nothing greater than to hold one another up to God. In fact, that's exactly how Paul starts this section of his letter in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 12. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The way that we worship God with our lives is living as living sacrifices. Where we live as sacrifices to care for one another. We are called to uplift one another, to be there for one another, to help each other grow because of one another. We do not conform to the patterns of this world and the diverse, uh, the, the evil thinking many times of this world. But we stay redeemed because of what God's doing amongst us. If you are not committed to a church, I want to, to encourage you to start to figure out where you're supposed to plug in. Imago is an amazing church. One of my favorite things is when past, I get that text or I got a call from Carlos to come and get to share with you guys. I love Imago Church so much. I, 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 anytime he says, I'm like, I, if, if I'm not busy, it's a yes for me because I love coming here. God is doing an amazing thing in the people of Imago Church. And so if you are new here or you, you uh, don't have a church yet, you're still on the fence and you're not sure how to plug in or where God's calling you, get plugged in. Get plugged into Imago Church. And if you feel like maybe this isn't the right spot for you, then, then go find that. But make church the priority in your life. To find that body of believers that you can, you can live in this authentic way. Where are you plugging in at? You know, outside of the work of Jesus Christ in my life, the church is the second most powerful thing that's ever transformed my life. I honestly can say that I owe my church, Sunrise Community Church, so much I owe them so much. I have such a great debt to them because they have cared for me. They have encouraged me. They have called me out when I've made mistakes. Uh, there's been a lot of those. Uh, you know, it, they, they have been there for me. They have cared for me. And I honestly feel a part of a family there. It's one of the most powerful things when you're connected to a church. And so I want to encourage you, get connected to Imago. Great place to plug in. If you call Imago home, then the next question is this. How are you sharing your life with those people around you? How are you allowing yourself to be more connected to one another? Where are you sharing uh, life with one another? How are you, you uh, allowing yourself to have lunch with each other or, or be connected where you walk in and you are known, you are cared for, and you know other people around you? It's so easy to come in, sit in somewhere, and then just want to run out the back. That's kind of what society has taught us, that that's what church, we should expect from church. You just come, you hear God's word, you hear a few songs, and you bounce out, and you do go do the rest of your life. 
But what we're realizing is that community is sharing a life with one another, sharing everything with one another, caring for one another. And so how are you opening up those opportunities around you where you can share your life with one another? How are you sharing your gifts at this church? Whatever those giftings are, whatever those, as the Spirit is enabling you, how are you sharing those with one another? When we open our lives to God, the church comes the physical representation of Jesus Christ. There is nothing more powerful in all the earth than when the church lives as only the church can live. It is the most powerful tool ever created is when the church lives as only the church can. Nothing else screams louder to the earth that he is risen than when God's people love one another and push, push one another towards Christ. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are doing a mighty good work. God, that you are building your church, God, and, and that it doesn't uh, rely on any one person. God, we thank you for Pastor Carlos, but I thank you that this church exists even if he was gone. Because you are the reason we gather. You are the reason we are here. You are the one doing the good work. And so, God, we thank you so much for each of the leaders, everyone who has given time and talent and treasure, and we thank you for each of their, their abilities and how they've shared life with one another. And I just pray that you constantly help us to push into whatever that next thing is that you have for us. Help us to continue to grow. God, I pray for Imago Church as it continues to, to recover from the whole 2020 uh, situation, that you continue to grow this body, not for the numbers, not so that we can be a flashy church, God, but so that your community can continue to grow because it will transform people's lives. To know that you are God, that know that you are good, that know that you are risen, that we do not worship a dead God. We do not worship a dead guy. We worship you, Jesus, who is alive and well, seated at the right hand of the Father. We thank you for your patience for us. Thank you for your goodness. God, I just pray that you help us to find that space where we, we be more authentic with one another and allow you to transform our lives. It's your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Amen. As we finish and conclude this service.